week in Robotron. This week in Robotron, we'll be stealing our friend's podcast soundbites, banging on about arcade stuff, and probably biscuits in that. Hello, Sean. How are you? Hi, Vic. I'm all right. Thank you. Well, a bit, get, bit of a cold. A bit of a cold. A bit cold. I'm all right. I'm not too bad. How are you, mate? I'm really, really annoyed because Skype is being a bit of a bummer. It's not let's record properly, is it? No, I can't see your lovely face, Vic. I can see my lovely face, but Skype on my computer for some reason has all of a sudden stopped working. For no reason. Thank you, Microsoft. Anyway, never mind that. I've got to tell you about what I was doing a few weeks ago. I went to Slovenia for a long weekend. Yeah, what for? Uh, Well, wife wanted wanted to go to a hotel... uh, Ooh, I can't remember where it is now. Near Lake Bled, which is a big famous um, lake in Slovenia. It's very, very picturesque there. And there's a very famous restaurant. It's one of the top 50 in the world. And you have to, if you yeah. stay there, you get an automatic reservation. So we stayed there the night and, and went to this lovely restaurant. It's really good. So we got into Slovenia. But on the way to Slovenia, let me tell you about Four Hats Johnson. <laughs> yeah, Four Hats Johnson. Yeah, go on. When we were standing in line to go through to get onto the plane, we were sort of getting, you know, checking in and everything, getting on. There was a guy in front of us, quite a tall guy. He was wearing four hats. You heard right, kids. Four goddamn hats. Right. Perhaps someone wouldn't fit in his suitcase. I don't know, but they were like four quite big felt hats. But he was wearing four at a time on top of each other. Different coloured ones. Four hats Johnson. I don't think that's his actual name, but I, I made up his name and a whole backstory to him. And I was making out to wife, who was just dying with my incredulity of my idiocy. I was saying that he was going to Slovenia to have a battle with another famous hatter, and he's going to come back. Five hats, Johnson. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds all right. He takes the souls and the hats of his opponents. There's a series in that somewhere on Netflix. I think there is. We should make it up, Sean. We'd be millionaires. Five Hats Johnson. Sequel would be, obviously, just just go up, wouldn't it? Yeah, probably. Like, 55 Hats Johnson by season three, and he'd have problems getting through doors. He'd have to duck right down, wouldn't he? But I don't know why he had four hats on. It was really bugging me, but I didn't have the the bottle to go and say, excuse me, why are you wearing four hats, Mr. Four Hats Johnson? I know that's not your name and everything, but I've just made it up. Any road up, it was that. really nice in Slovenia. Apart from it rained quite a lot, but it was still nice. A nice little trip. Any arcades? No, didn't really look for any, to be honest with you. It was too much rain going on. We went to castles and, and looked at things. Oh, I'll tell you what they did have there. It was really nice. Uh, on Lake Bled, they've got a bled, uh, a lake. What is it? Is it a bled cake? Bled cake. But what it is, it's like a custard slice you get in the UK or anywhere else but it's twice the size and got cream on it. Oh, that sounds all right. Oh, it was really good. I enjoyed it. Where is Slovenia? Is that near, like... It's near a lot of countries, actually. It's um, quite near the Italian border, Bosnia, uh, Slovakia, maybe? I can't remember. It's quite near quite a few. But it's a really nice place. I really enjoyed it. So I took a plane into um, Ljubljana, which is the the capital. I think it's, it's the former Yugoslavia. So you get into right. Ljubljana, we hired a car, we drove out to this place, which is quite far away, two hours away, and then we stayed there, and the next day we came back to Ljubljana and stayed there. But it was really, really nice. And really nice people, uh, nice food, nice drink, lovely looking place to look round. It's really nice. 
Enjoy that. So there's no more Yugoslavia then? It's gone? Yeah, it's just called Slovenia now. I think they changed the name when it, when it came out of the Soviet's hands. Oh, yeah. so we, we should change our name from England to some... Yeah, probably will do before long. Anyway, but while I was away, <laughs> when we were sort of in the, in the evenings, there wasn't a lot to do. Because on Sunday, a lot of European countries sort of closed down. There's not a lot to go on on Sunday, sort of religious laws and stuff. Yeah. So in the evenings, I was playing a bit of Switch, and I did play a bit of Switch on the way over there, because it's like two hours in the plane. And I finished right. that game Candle I was playing. That is an absolutely beautiful game, Candle. It's really, really cool. So I finished that, and I also finished Pan Pan, which is quite a cheap little puzzle game I bought. Um, it's like a sort of adventure puzzle game. You, you do little puzzles with this little person. It's a really, really cool little game. So I finished both of those now, which is quite nice. You're onto that thing. What, what were you playing on the plane over to over to Illinois? Was it? Oh, Ooh. I can't remember. It's some puzzly thing. Oh, was that um, Captain Toad? Could be Captain Toad Adventure, something or other. Yeah, it's really good. Mm. I mean, there's there's four books, which is the the parts of the game, and I'm on book two of that, so I'm sort of nearly halfway through it. But that is a big old God. game. It's going to take a while to finish that one. I'm still playing that one though. Oh, nice. Alex came round last Wednesday as well to pick up some buttons I got for his Astro Blaster I, I, I got for him. Uh, and also had an Electrocoin joystick for his uh, Rescue Cab. And he got, we had a few games of Robotron and Rescue while we were in the garage as well. He gave me a few nice tips mm. for Robotron, which is sort of sinking into my brain box and working a little bit. And he reckoned my little setup for Robotron on my Twin Stick Pony was pretty good, but nearly as good, but not quite as good as his proper cab. Oh. So, yeah, he's, he's, he, did, he did quite well on it. Lovely. I'm an Astro Blaster. Twisted Astro Blaster. You are indeed. Yeah, I do. It's good, it's good though, isn't it? Maybe. So, anyway, what, guess guess what I've not been doing? What have you not been doing? The Batcave event. Oh, yeah. Both that was a monthly thing. Lewis, yeah, both Lewis and I were unable to do, to do one for a couple of months. And Naz has rented out the top floor space to, to some wargaming people, which you can't blame him for because he needs you know, a bit more revenue. So there's no space now to do the Batcave. So ah. Lewis has done like a little a little pop-up event in a near his house in Bolton, which went well. Oh, right, but it's, cool. not the back, it's not the Batcave. So I don't know what's going to happen there. So they're all playing Warhammer in there now, are they? Something like that. Warhammer! Magic the Gathering or one of them, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! A gathering of the magic. power of things. I don't know what you're talking about. Yu-Gi-Oh! My lad had loads of them cards when he was young. It sounds like a disease. Oh, I've just contracted Yu-Gi-Oh! I think it was a cartoon as well. I have no idea. Carry on! Anyway, I've been doing Social Media Exclusion Experiment version 0.56678 Revision B. Guess what, Vic? Uh... Go on. I have no idea what you're talking about. As usual. Since Friday, the 26th of April, I have not been on Facebook or Twitter. I've been on Facebook Messenger because I have to for work. Yeah. And I've been on Twitter notifications and messages for the podcast. I've not looked at all on the on the feed. Just to, just to see, you know, if it, it makes any difference. Because you just get bombarded with crap. It's just rubbish. And you do, as I'm flicking towards messages, isn't it? you do get a glimpse of what's going on, you know, just for a second, like the top post about someone's got their finger stuck in a cake. But I've, 
I'm, I don't think I am kind of missing it. I think well, what am I missing? What's going on? But really, it's just all rubbish. Yeah. And so what, what I'm do doing, mean? I'm watching. Yeah, I'm watching more YouTube now. I'm I'm a bit more up to date with the news. I'm doing doing different things, you know. So I'm gonna I may keep it up. I may do a little bit keep you know just a, a little idea on what's going on on facebook and twitter but it is 90 percent rubbish that just just sucks the time from you you know what i mean yeah i know what you mean it can be a great time killer sometimes um but i think you gotta be a bit careful i mean the social media i use twitter and stuff but the amount of people i follow there's not a lot of controversy going on so there's not yeah. people attacking each other every time which i really dislike everyone sort of gets on really nicely Everyone's liking each other's things. They're commenting nicely. Uh, there's some good conversation goes on there. Uh, I think you just got to be a bit careful who you follow. And if any anything turns up that people are liking that I really dislike, I just put them on mute. I don't block them. Just put them on mute yeah. so you can't see you know the, the junk they're talking about because everyone likes something that other people don't like. And I just deal with it that way. So it can be quite useful. Yeah. I've, I've stopped looking at comments. If there's comment. If there's oh, yeah. a pop- popular YouTube video on Twitter and there's a comment below, you're guaranteed the thread is going to go into an argument. And it's yeah. the same with like these gaming websites that advertise games and they review them and there's comments below and someone's put, that's not good. That's So just don't read them because it's just all rubbish. Yeah, I know what you just mean. Just make it, make it your own mind. They always say don't look under the comment line. Just don't look under it because... You get certain videos, you watch it, and you think, oh, that's really nice. It's quite, you know, they've taken a lot of time to do that. They've done a nice review on it. They've come up with some really good points, some good negative points. And you think, yeah, that's quite a fair interview. I like the idea of that. And then you look at the comments, and people are going absolutely berserk. I mean, like, hateful things. And you're like, oh my God, it's just a game they're talking about. Why, why, why are you so upset? What is wrong with these people? Yeah, yeah it's, it's really silly. Those kind of things I've got no time for whatsoever. Hmm. I've I've been having some problems with my cab, with Uh-oh. my groovy arcade cab, and I thought it was the monitor going all funny, and I was powering it off and on. It it, it runs for about two to four hours, yeah, and then the picture sort of doubles and like collapses and, and oh, just goes all not collapses. It doesn't do that. It just like goes all fuzzy and weird and and what I found out just by trial and error, if I unplug the J pack. Yeah, or just just the USB power sir, and plug it back in. It's fine. I had that a few years ago with an earlier J Pack. It would because on the J Pack there is a green light and it's a sync light. So when it's lit, it means everything's okay and you've got sync. And you know the 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 monitor part of it is doing what it should do. But every now and again the screen would go off. This is on a proper arcade monitor, and the the green light would be be flicking, be flickering. And as soon as you unplugged the damn thing and plugged it back in again. It came on. Everything was fine. And I think it was something to do oh, with a, a faulty batch or, or one of the components, a chip on there, was failing. And I can't remember. I think I, I think I replaced the, the J-Pack in the end when I got a new one, and it was fine ever since then. I've never had it since. Yeah, I've had this for a while, though. Over a year, I'd say. So it's only just started doing it. Do you think it it can get faulty over time or something? Or? I think the best bet is to email Andy Warren at Ultimark and ask his opinion on it. Because um, he's the guy who sort of runs that thing. He might know what's going on with it. Right. Yeah, yeah I have. Had, I, I do know about that fault, though. I mean, even even post a, a thread on UK VAC, ask some people on there, because they seem to know quite a, thing, a few things that's going on as well. 
weird. I went and saw a band the other day in, in London town. Yeah. A band I really like called Can't Swim at the Borderlands. It was really good. Really good gig. Enjoyed it. I got the, the ticket for my for Christmas from wife. From wife. I couldn't swim until I was seven, and then guess what happened? Could swim. Well Could done. Swim. These guys can't swim. Yeah, it's really good. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I have also been <laughs> trying to set up the food fight uh, on a Pi Zero uh, with an analog hat. I got the analog hat from Four Hats Johnson. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that. The pie image was from the lovely Rich Chunksin. Let's give him a for his continued pieness. Resonant ping. So this is on a pie zero. So it's not on the pie uh, pie number three, and it's got this thing on it called an analog hat. The thing you clip on top of it, and it allows you to use analog controls within Mame. And Rich has sorted out the image so it works for me. And I was having a few problems with it. It wouldn't. It wouldn't sync to the monitor. The monitor, you could see the picture, but it was all over the place. It was sort of waving around. And even taking the sync wire off, the jammer connector and put it back on again, did nothing. So the sync just wasn't working for some reason. And Rich said, oh, get one of these HDMI to VGA adapters, because it sends it through 15 kilohertz anyway, but you need the adapter to go from HDMI from the Pi Zero to VGA, and it goes to yeah. you know, the video on the, on the cab. And... I got another one which he recommended, which the, the good ones, because the cheap ones apparently aren't very good, and it still wouldn't work. And in the end, we worked out it was something to do with the sync needed a booster. It needed a bit of a boost of a signal. So if you put it through a JPAC, or uh, I think I've got an Arcade ASD, which is a similar kind of thing from a different company, it worked absolutely perfect every single time. Every single adapter I used, I had about three or four different adapters, every single one worked perfectly so it needed that boost so what I'm going to probably do is use a JPAC with it just to be on the safe side Yeah, and it's working quite nicely, and the analog stick as well, when I first started playing it with the analog stuff, I've just got it all wired up like really ghetto, it's just wires everywhere, there's no nothing holding it down or anything, it's just it's just like a, a, a raw analog stick the pie on its own, loads of wires the jammer adapter, all sorts going on and when you move the stick, you know, you know, on the food fight, the character's eyes move around. It shows you which direction he's moving. His eyes would move around, but he wouldn't start running. Right. Um, so, so the 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 pots on the analog stick weren't being pulled or turned far enough. You can only turn them a certain way with the joystick motions. So, what I did is I went into F two and went into the games settings, which would be like. Um, almost like a dip switch setting on the machine. It was actually a switch, a physical switch. And I went to calibrate the, the analogue joystick within the game. So you, you hold it in, in like up for five seconds, down for five seconds, left for five seconds, right for five seconds, and it calibrates it. And that made it work. And it works so much nicer than that um, Ultramark uh, 360, the Ultra 360 stick I got. It just didn't feel right with that thing. So I've nearly got yeah. that sorted out. What I need to do is get the joystick mounted so I can actually hold on to it properly and play a game. Because I was just trying to sort of press the space bar and move it around and hold it with one hand. It wasn't very clever doing it. So I need to put it somewhere where I can actually play the game properly and see if the motions are working. Because the idea is you just move the joystick very slightly to, to move your aim while you're throwing stuff. And you move the joystick all the way over when you want to run. So it's that fine line between moving your aim and running, and sometimes you miss it and you, you jump off and 
it's, you sort of got to get a feel to it. And that's the idea of the analog stick rather than just a digital stick. So I'm just hopefully going to get that right soon and get it in the cab. Right. Another thing I've done recently is um, Saturday just gone. Uh, we're on Tuesday at the moment. I went to see Tony, the arcade blogger, Temple. Uh, and we travelled west again to revisit a raid to see if there's any treasures left there. Uh, another two of our team picked up cabs from there. And we also had the unexpected pleasure of having Dave Flinster turn up. Uh, we had a bit of a laugh messing about with all, all the uh, all the stuff there. Uh, and the op, the op actually wanted too much money for a load of PCBs I picked up. I've put, sort of got a little stack of PCBs. And uh, he wanted too much money for them, basically. So I sort of left left the PCBs. I took one with me, um, which is going to be a future 10 pence arcade game. I, oh. I, also, I also came away with three 14-inch monitors. I intend to replace a few of the not-so-good screens in my sub-electro cabs. Uh, I also picked up some firearms. What's that? Oh, right, yeah, got you. Uh, they were... Nintendo guns, light guns, the red ones that are used on the uh, the Play Choice machines and also on the Versus. I basically picked them up for uh, Phil Nes for life because he loves the Nintendo. He's been after one of these uh, these shooters for a while now. I come here for a f- shootout, right? A proper shootout with some proper men. Mm, That's pretty good. Uh, Tony, of course, was excellent company, and he drove us for his place in Swindon to the site, which is uh, about. Two hour, three hour drive, and we had some rather interesting conversations about many things arcade. And he's got a really good idea for something that I hope we can all get into in the future. And I will tell you off air what we were talking about, but Tony isn't quite ready to reveal it yet. But it is really, really interesting. It's good fun. Ooh, we, mm. we, we've got something to reveal, haven't we? About revival, we have. Do you want to tell the listeners about that, Sean? Should we, should we say? I think we should. So we, so well out. Yeah, go on. Yeah, we, we, we're doing a panel, aren't we? We're hosting a panel because Retro Asylum can't do it this year. So we're going we're gonna to be talking a load of rubbish. Or, with Tony or intelligent conversation. Yeah, you do that bit. With Tony Temple, John Studley, and hopefully a couple of others who we're working on trying to coax them into talking about their... Gaming brilliance. It's, it's going to be a chat. I think it's going to be a chat about not the normal chat about you know the history of the games and that, but the what it takes to be that dedicated and skilled and practiced and you know at a certain game. That's yeah. the road. It's the rude. It's the route I would like to go down. Yeah, all the people we're going to be talking to are world record holders or world class gamers. At certain games, um, yeah, we sort of delve into what it takes to be as good as them. Yeah, mm, I'm looking forward to that. We need to sort of uh, prepare some questions for these lovely people. Oh yeah, there is that. Mm. Uh, and we will talk talking about revival again in a minute. Actually, yes. Arcade news. Right, Arcade Psychic, oh, the, the app that I'm using to put all my scores in, loads of other people, it's now out on iOS. Ooh! Oh, yeah, yeah. It must be faulty, though, as Vic is beating me in the head. head. Are you still beating me? I don't know, I've looked for a little while. Um, I like a broken app that makes me win stuff. 
There was nothing broken about this app. This app is absolutely brilliant. I didn't believe how good it was until I got it myself. Um, yeah, it's on Apple iOS. You can get it. Everyone should get it. Please get it and then join us. It is so good. I re- I'm really it's, pleased how good this little app is. You're still beating me seven to ten. It's because you, you select. You're selecting the games, though, aren't you? I'm very selective of my games. Uh, this app tracks all your high scores. You put your high scores in. You can um, look head-to-head with your friends. And uh, you can put... It's just a really cool place to put all your high scores in. Rather than use a little notepad and pen, you can put them on there, update them, you know, compare your, your scores with friends and stuff. And it's really, really cool. And, and the guy who's doing it is adding little things to it every single time. And it's it's getting really good. I really really like it. It's so cool. I've you know last time I looked looked at the me versus Charlie Fire and it was twenty nine nil. Yeah. Well, we've both put loads more scores on now, and it's fifty seven. So I'm beating him in seven games, and he's beating me in fifty. I think it's not bad. I haven't added all my games on yet, but I've added quite a few. And I looked head to head with Charlie Fire, and I'm beating him on one. What's that, lady? Ladybug. ladybug. Yeah, I beat him on Ladybug. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. But Mr. Tronads beat me on Ladybug when we played it as well. So that's a bit of a bummer. <laughs> yeah, I'm really enjoying that. And um, and also, it's probably a good way uh, to let us know about your scores as well. So if you have put a load of scores up and then we do a game and you put a score on there for that, we'll be able to see it. So that's quite a good way of getting your scores to us as well. But it's a really nice way of tracking your high scores. I really like it. I'm, I'm into it a lot. I'm going to hopefully put some more scores on soon. Yeah, let us know that if you're doing that, so we can I can find it. Yes. So I know, so I know who you are and everything. Mm-hmm. It's it's a good one. Uh, I don't normally like these little mini arcades, as you know. Then then you know they're all right on a shelf and that, but you can't really play anything. But this one is so cute. It's called Leadcade, L-E-D-Cade, and it's on the Hackaday site. It's a good site that, and it Hackaday. It's brilliant. And it's an 8x8 eight eight grid game, like little LEDs, with a little tiny arcade machine. And it's got an in, it looks like an arcade machine with three buttons, just left, right, fire, or just three buttons. And the insert coin, the coin to start the game with a little thing, is a CR232 battery. So you put the battery in the front like a coin, and it starts. How yeah. cool is that? It's really cute. It comes in a little um, kit, and the PCBs are actually sort of um, they're sort of connected together on on a, a single piece and you snap them off to make the arcade board and the arcade yeah. machine it's a really nice little thing but it's it's only an 8x8 grid so it's they're very very simple like the little space invaders game it's just an led is a space invader an led is your ship an led is your fire so it's a, it's far too simple for me but it's a really cute clever little thing i really like the look of it it's cool Tetris looks playable just about, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah there's about, I think there's about eight games on it as well. It's pretty cool. Ew. Uh, the Nintendo uh, Space Fever Hardware Multi that Phil Murray's been working on, he's called it the Ninty Multi, is now finished <laughs> and available on UKVAC. Phil's only doing a certain amount of them. So if you want one, get on UKVAC and get one as quick as you can. Basically, it's a, an add-on kit for Space Fever boards, and it plays all the games on that hardware. So it's Space Fever, Space Fever High Splitter, and Space Launcher. And he's possibly maybe put another game or two on there, but we're not sure yet. But that's the three main games it plays, and different versions of it in MAME. 
So it's like, I think there's like older and newer versions of some of the games. So cool. But it also mm. replaces the ancient 2708 ROMs on there, which are, are subject to failing quite a lot. And it just replaces all of them with one single modern chip with all the games on. So it's sort of future-proof in your board as well. Right. Phil is doing mm. me one, and I cannot wait to check it out. Ah, I got, this, I got this information from Mr. Lewis Batcave again. And I think a lot of people have been going mad on this recently. People have realised, you're not retro-brighting this, don't you? Yeah, yeah, bringing back the the colour of old consoles. So, say so you get plastic, an old but... an old Commodore 64, and it's gone like a Murray Mint over time. It's gone all brown and horrible. The plastic's stained and gone nasty. What people usually do, they do a thing called retrobite. They get this, um, it's like hyd- hydrogen peroxide, the same kind of stuff you bleach your hair with. They paint it all over the, the, the cases and you leave and you leave it out in the sun. I think you can cover it in cling film and stuff as well. And it basically keeps all the, the horrible chemicals in and the sun activates it and it bleaches the plastic. But what I've talked to other people before about it, I've had a conversation with someone about it before at the Cambridge Computer Museum, and they reckon it makes the plastic brittle and it can break it over time. And what I've realised yeah. now is if you just put these things out in the sun on their own, it's not just bright on their own, just with the sun's rays, with the, with the, the ultraviolet rays of the sun. And to test it out, I've put an Amiga 600 on my shed roof as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> and see if it works. It's pretty brown, that one. Yeah, apparently just the sun's rays will do it. Everyone's been going mad over it because nobody wants to use those harsh chemicals and, and potentially break your, your computer or make it more brittle and, and more breakable. So that's what people have been doing. And I'm going to check it out myself because it's really sunny at the moment. Yeah, Lewis said, uh, why don't you do yours? You're okay, baby, because it's brown, isn't it? Oh, yeah, and your whole said, cab, yeah. I can't be bothered to dismantle it to get it out the door again. I had to dismantle it and pull it into pieces and then put it back together. And so also, you live in the north, so no sunshine at all. There is now. There is sun outside now, as but it could be just someone's put a, a sunny painting against my window. And it's basically raining, isn't it? It could be raining. No, it is it nice. It's is. nice. No. A revival is nearly upon us. It's only a month left to revival. A month and a week, is it? Yep, yep. Now, Mr. Sean, you are organising some cabinets from Arcade Club for Revival, aren't you? I am, yes. Have you decided on a list yet of the things you're going to bring? Yes. You have? Yeah, well, yeah, well what I'm going to bring is uh, 30 shoot-em-ups. Because I think you can't have enough shoot-em-ups, probably ranging right from Space Invaders right up to like some of the latest bullet hells. And any any more PCBs, you know, might bring a few spare PCBs. They're all going to be shoot 'em ups, and they'll hopefully be in a line with some of Craig's stuff that'll have shoot 'em ups. What do you reckon? Has Andy sanctioned this yet? No, but I'm working on him. It should be fine. Should be fine. Yeah, it'd be nice to know when you've decided with Andy which cabs are coming. Yes. Yeah, I need to speak to Craig and Andy and get it sorted. Yeah. Nice it's, one. It's, what is it now? What is it now? It's, yeah, it is about a month off, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. I'm taking, hopefully, two of my cabs up, because uh, Roger and Smarty Martin are organising a lot of the uh, the users' cabs. Yeah. So I'm possibly going to take my Bosconian ISIS cab and my Cuba ISIS cab again. Oh, that's good. Mm, look nice together. 
I'm really looking forward to Revival. You've booked the hotel for us, haven't you? I have, yeah. I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing because I might be driving a couple of Luton vans. Not Ooh. two Luton vans, one Luton van. Or a big seven and a half tonner with cabs in. Or two. Or I don't know. But I'm definitely going to be stopping. I might be stopping more than one night, you see. Okay. But we've only got one night books. But we'll, I'll sort it. You can sleep in the van. Yeah. With the cabs. Ten Pence Archives. This is the Ten Pence Arcade Archives, where we go back to previous podcasts and have a look at the games we're playing. This time, I haven't I haven't listened to the podcast. I've just replayed the games. I, I picked two this time. Oh, you greedy I picked, thing! I picked Road Fighter, which is when we went to Sweden, and we were put, we were doing the. I can remember we were talking about it in the airport, and you were giving it a right kicking. Remind me what Road but, Fighter was about. Is it? I don't think I can remember it's a, it. It's just a left. You're a car overhead scrolling car zooming up a road left right accelerate brake yeah that's it and there was lots of stuff to dodge and you just got to get through diff- about five levels and i still there's there's a few of these about there's like motor race usa and oh yeah i don't like them rally bike tower plan did and there's a couple of them there's there's a there's a couple with bullets and stuff but this this is still my favorite one i, I, I did loop it last week and it's yeah i still enjoy it and then, just yes. just I don't know what, just by accident, just flicking around, I went on Kicker again. Oh, classic! That was podcast forty-one from July twenty fifteen. Is it that far back? And it's, yeah, it's, it's such a good game. I, I did what I did then, which is put the jump and the kick on one button. Oh, you cheating cat! I don't think it's cheating because you press them both together anyway, don't you? I do. But it don't matter. It doesn't matter. I just I just like playing it like that, and it took me a little while to to loop it, but I did loop it again. Yeah, such a great game, good feeling. Once you get the the hang of the bosses, you can sort of dance around them and kick them, and then jump jump up the levels. Yeah, really good game. I so really I really of... still really love Kicker, and I'm thinking about putting it in one of my little cabs as a maybe a dedicated because it's the game I'm probably best at. Yeah. So yeah, I might just do that. The thing is, I don't play it that often because I'm usually on it for hours on a t- at a time. But I do love it. It's a great little game. So cute as well. The graphics. And you have it on the RD settings as well, don't you? Uh, it depends if I'm practicing or not. I usually do. And then when you want to sort of do a, a, a good run, you put it on easier settings, and it's so much easier. But the thing is, when when you play the game, you get to a certain level. It just stays at the most difficult setting anyway. So you might as well just start on like that. It's easy. Right. I love that game. So cool. So cool. The game I have been playing recently, uh, to go back to the archives, is Swimmer. And this is going back five years or more. This is from podcast number three. Wow. I've been playing it on my Horizontal Pony, because it's a horizontal game, and it it brings back wonderful memories of playing the full-on cab uh, in a barcade in Williamsburg, New York City. Uh, I played this years ago. And it's such a quirky, daft little game. It just makes me smile. Uh, I love the little... Uh, <laughs> I just like the little tunes in it and the really silly, massive crab at the end of all the levels. The The, the cabinet of this game is absolutely glorious. It's a very simple wooden-looking cab, but it's got more artwork on it than any cab I've ever seen. It's got side art, front art, bezel art, control panel art, marquee, inside-the-sides art, 
inside at the back above the screen art. I probably it's probably got art inside the cab as well. I reckon. It's like there's some other kick plate as well, aren't there? The coin door and oh yeah, it's everywhere. There's artwork everywhere on this game. Um, but when you get to a certain level, there's um, the fast water boatman level. All oh, their buggers. I am determined <coughs> to get the arcade sidekick top score on that. I was only a thousand points behind the top scorer. And when I check back to look again before I wrote this, that bleeder, Tagster, has doubled my score. Challenge oh, accepted, I... swine. Challenge accepted. I don't think I've played that much at all, Swimmer. I'm not even... I know we had a very quick go at Galloping Ghost, didn't we? But It's a I'm funny little game. It's really a silly little thing, but I really like it. It's a really cool little game. It's, it's probably a game that Sal would like. It's not a brilliant game, but it's a lot of fun. You know what I mean? It's sort of like daft and dumb, but good. I don't know how it works. It it shouldn't be very good, but it really is. Yeah, but it really is nice. I really like it. Yeah, it was nice (laughs) to play that again. I am going to go back and try and improve my score for the arcade sidekick app. Good luck. Thank you. Recent pickups. Pickups? I've got some pickups. I've got some... Well, kind of someone gave me one. Look at this, kids. Hang on. Just a minute. Is it is it is it beer or biscuits or is it actually no. something that's got electronics inside of it? Our, our well, my good friend John Beresford has given me a sixty-four gig USB USB stick shaped like a PlayStation controller. I don't know why I'm putting it up to the camera because I can't even see you. That is anyway. there is a picture on our notes, and it's quite a cute little thing. That's nice. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Cool. Yeah. Do you know how many gigs in it? Sixty. Do you know what you can get on sixty-four gigs? You can get oh, you can get probably seventeen thousand arcade ROMs or half a modern game. Talking about the size of modern things, I was talking to my wife earlier, and one of her friends works at a university, and they do video editing, and they've just bought some of the new iMac Pros there, and I think it's the second step down from the top of the range one. It's like 14, yeah. 14 core processor on it. And these computers have got 128 gig RAM in them. <laughs> God. Yes. Wow. That's twice the size of your storage device in RAM alone. And apparently it can shift 3 gig of data a second on the God. SD on the S, uh, on the SSD drives. That is insane. But they've got to be quick because it's all video editing. Oh, and they're about £9,000 each as well. I suppose it takes a lot of memory to to, to video edit it, Mm, I suppose. I've got a few little things, actually. Um, I got an arcade ASD board, which is a similar kind of thing to a JPAC. And that was from Body Pop on UKVAC. So thank you very much for selling me that. I also got some comp- control panel overlays for my Pony Twin Stick cab. So I got some from Arcade Art Shop. Thank you very much, Ollie Muddy Music. I also eventually bought Yoshi's Crafted World on the Switch. I actually bought the physical copy of it. That is, is a that really cute game. It's absolutely brilliant. I love it. Is it like a sequel to Woolly World? I think it is. Yeah, I've not played Woolly World. That was on the Wii U. Yeah. But I actually like the Yoshi games more than the Mario games. There were a spin-off on the uh, N64 and the SNES. 
And those games are absolutely brilliant. They're some of my favourite platformers, 2D platformers. They're, they're so, so good. And this one is just as good. And I need to try and play it with, with Tori as well, my wife. Because you can play two players together. You help each other out. So it'd be a nice one for us right, to play yeah. together in the evenings. I really, really... It's such a sickly cute game. It's unreal. And Yoshi is a brilliant character. <laughs> like a weird dinosaur thing, isn't he? He is, but I'm actually playing a purple one. You can choose which colour Yoshi you can use. So I had a groovy purple one. I also got three arcade monitors from that raid I went on. Uh, two work okay. I've tested. I made, I made a, um, actually had to make up a, a rig to test them because I didn't want to sort of put them in my cab so I had to sort of sit on the on the, the dining room table and did them so I made a rig up to test them uh, two of them work okay uh, and one of them won't sync you can see a picture but it won't sync the, the, the sync's all over the place it won't stay still so it probably needs something doing to it and I think I'll cap all three of them all three of them are Cortec monitors and there's no burn on any of them either so it's pretty good do you know what's a good monitor repair tip Go on. I've, this it's probably everyone probably does this that repairs monitors, but at, at work there's they they work on the back of a monitor and they put a mirror in front of the monitor so they can just look at the mirror yeah. and see the screen without peering around the front. I suppose everyone does that, but it just I just thought the other day that's a good idea. That do you know what that is the probably the safest thing to do because you don't want to be sort of leaning over the monitor with your arm in case you touch anything dangerous in the monitor. So the best yeah. thing to do is get someone at the front with a mon with a, a, a mirror and tell them to you know move it so you can see it or prop it up against something and use that. Do not lean over the damn thing because that's really dangerous, especially when you're in the back mucking around yeah. with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that, kids. I think that's all the pickups I've got so far. I don't think I've missed any. Well, let's have a look at the feedback. Listener feedback. We've got some got from bit, yeah. Scott. Yeah, got loads. We got loads this time, and not a lot last time. So thanks, kids. We've got some from Scott Brisbane from Australia. I wonder where he's from. I don't know. Scott Brisbane. Scott Brisbane. Mm. Anyway, good day, fellas. Just wanted to say thanks a bunch for helping me out to get me through my daily drudgery with your podcast. I'm, he- I'm heading home and playing a new game on my Raspberry Pi cab for the after every episode very good very good indeed i just wanted to make mention of an arcade here in brisbane oh brisbane's a place vic go on is is not scott brisbane it could be anyway australia which is doing great things it's called the one-up arcade oh it's like them cabs and it feels and looks and plays just like an arcade you play as a lad is it Mm, yeah i think he's on about the actual arcade and not the one-up arcade machines isn't he yeah, lots of our lots of arcades and and a bunch of pinnies pinballs. Fifteen dollars in for each, twenty five dollars for both. Play as long as you like. Two p.m. to ten p.m. Approximately one hundred and fifty games alive and kicking at any given time. Oh, wow. that's good. That's lots of Neo Geo cabs right up his alley. Oh, and we might have so many in his alley. A bunch of fighters, not my thing, and plenty of classics on rotation between maintenance, demand, and by popularity. Heaps of great games on rotation. There's a website and some pics on my most recent visit, and I know they'd appreciate a shout-out. Keep it up. Thanks again, Scott Brisbane from Brisbane, Australia. Cool. Uh, Steve Dixon is talking about Rastan. Best arcade game music ever, he reckons. Oh, Pete Hahn, heard of him, nice guy. Excellent op- 
podcast as always Sean and Victor Victor if it's any consolation you'd be happy to know that you, you being easily upset by certain sounds is a genius trait Kristen his wife has it too oh what's that Vic um, this is this uh, mis- misophonia misophonia it's it's the hatred of certain sounds and it really gets me on edge certain sounds really annoy me you rubbing your beard is one of them the, oh yeah I like that don't do it Right. Well, so got... <laughs> I will punch you on that beard if you're not careful. Oh, rat in beard. We've got yeah, two. It's certain sounds, rather than just being a little bit annoyed by, I don't know, an alarm going off or, or someone munching their food or something, it can really agitate. And certain things, especially yeah. at my work, really do agitate me. And it's sort of like, um, it's like a mental thing, I think. And it's very common. But apparently they've linked people having that with being a genius. And I know Kristen is a very intelligent lady. So, yeah, maybe it's true. Not in my case, obviously. Well, I get it then. No, you don't. No, I don't. Anyway, we've got two requests here. One from Ian Cullen, because we're on about you doing accents. Can you read my scores in a Scottish accent from now on? Thank you. I will do just for this episode. And Mr. Deadlock wants his read in an Irish accent. Okay, I'll, so, I'll okay. do it just for this 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 particular podcast. Otherwise, I'll just forget. Let's talk retro. James uh, got onto us on Twitter, and he says, "Hello, gents. Have you ever seen an arcade cab actually installed in the gents before?" He's talking about toilets. Well, you have now. The NQ sixty four bar in Manchester. Please wash your hands. Uh, can't recall the game though. He sent the picture of uh, an arcade cabinet in a toilet in Manchester. Uh, no jokes about taking photos in the toilets, please, people. And the game on the screen was Punisher. I named that cab in one. Mm, nice guy, James. Met him a few times. Having an arcade cab in the toilets, ew. I'm not happy about that. I know it's weird, isn't it? I haven't been over. It's not far from me. I should have a look at that place. You should check it anyway, out. Anyway. Yeah, got Monster Mug, Mister Monster Mug. Don't you think it's a tiny bit you're a tiny bit harsh on Rastan Vic? Wasn't that bad for a game made in 1987? Looking forward to Robotron one. It was a bad game. 87 mm. was getting on a bit, and it it wasn't that good, especially the animation. Yeah, dodgy. Uh, Super Sprint. I don't remember Rastan holding a lizard man by the throat in the game. Is there any way to superimpose Victor's head on Rastan and Sean's head on the lizard? <laughs> Be good that. Flinster, Mr. Flinster, is lol. Just seeing you included my score, you mentalists. Nastar Warrior equals Rastan 2. Yeah, he scored 1800 points or something, didn't he? Someone else mentioned uh, uh, Nastar Warrior, uh, a terrible follow up to Rastan. And I had a quick go of it in MAME, and it is worse than Rastan. Uh oh. Uh oh. Benson Rad, listener number four. Looking forward to listening to this one on the train this morning. I did not play along this time. Rastan has never grabbed me. He grabs the lizard men, though, doesn't he? Yeah, this next one, Vic. Could you do Sol? You can do Sol, can't you? I was, I was uh, having a game with him last Saturday night. I'll, I'll always do Sol. So this is our Sol. Now then, great podcasters always, you lovely gentlemen. I was so <laughs> excited to play a Rastan. As it's something I've always dabbled in, but never really attempted any kind of focused progression play. 
So obviously, <laughs> it's just a case of practice, 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 right? Nay, it's oddly difficult. Like Victor says, the damage is a massive failing. You have no idea whether or not you're being hit, and just how much damage each enemy does to you before you know it, you're nearly deaded. Unfair buggery thing. Tweak the damage and perhaps increase the amount of bad guys it would make to make such a difference. It'll end up being Kung Fu Master with sword, which is no bad thing. Talking of difficult, <laughs> I'm looking forward to spending time on Robot Ron. Twin Stick Pecora. Sean, what does Twin Stick Pecora mean? Twin Stick Pecora, right? <laughs> Go on. We're having... You know when you're in a thread and you're talking, and we're having this little arcade chat, this Sol and Charlie Farr and Tronads and Mark Happy and people in it, and mm-hmm. um, one of us was talking about curry, and the other one was talking about Robotron, so I started Googling Robotron curry, and I thought it'd be great if there was a Robotron curry, and then I could put a little picture in the chat, and it'd be funny, and I'd get really popular, and you know what? No, you weren't sure. But I couldn't find anything, so I put in the chat. I can't find Robotron Curry, so if people started coming up with Robotron Curry names. Twin <laughs> Stick Pecora. <laughs> Twin Stick Pecora, I think, is the best one. Oh, I tell you what, anyway, a Curry it. Night and Robotron, that'd be a good evening out, wouldn't it? Yes, it would nice. be good. Uh, TWB has been on. Just had a listen on the way into work and enjoyed your ramblings as always. Would there be any way that those of us that don't use social media could enter score competitions? Maybe open up a thread here to put up the scores. Uh, yeah, we'll have to do something like that because I understand people aren't using social media as much and we do want your input. So yeah, we'll sort that out for you, TWB. Didn't he put, was it him that put a score on UK VAC? I can't remember. It might well be, yeah. But we, you can get in contact with us a number of ways. Just make sure we know how you're doing it, and we will look for. Uh, this is Benson Rad again. He was replying to TWB, I think, on Twitter, and he's just saying you can message your score on here, which is... Oh, sorry, it was on UK VAC, wasn't it? Uh, to yeah. Sean or Victor. That's what I used to do in, in the past, uh, the odd occasion, I went to join in the fun. Uh, he listened in this morning to that podcast, another fine podcast, chaps. He didn't play along with this one, like he said. Never been a fan of it. He had Nastar saga or one of those games years ago and did not like it which is obviously the follow-up he's talking about i think he sold it for a five or a tenner just to get rid of it i get confused uh are rastan and nastar the same thing i think they are the follow-ups to each other uh, i shall try and play along with the next game i've got it on the 19 in one board which is in robotron but we likely use mame so i can use xbox style pad keep it up Got some feedback from Stevie Lou. That bit where you're listening to the enemies types, uh, enemy types to music, like the Generation game last time. That oh, was yeah. ace. The rest, the rest of the episode was great too. Of course, thank, thank you. you. Uh, Data East fan Rastan Two leaves a lot to be desired. Nastar, that was talking about earlier. I like the original game though. Master System port is real fun too. Yeah, Thomas Khan. Nice episode. The Wrath of Khan. Mm. Nice episode. I can see a can see a nickname coming up already, but he's probably had it all his life. Nice episode, guys. Just earned a new listener. Died on the Gradius run, laughing too hard at the Snacks rant. I'm nostalgic about this game from having having it as a teeny tiny person on my C64, but it's brutally unfair from stage two onwards. This is Rastan. I normally get to the second boss and then get my head set on fire and promptly die. I hope that's in the game. By the way, working through the backlog, cracking cast. It's awesome. 
it's awesome hearing you guys cover things from all over the gamut of the arcade scene. Keep up the great work. Just reached this one in the process of backlog working through. Wanted to try to be helpful. You've probably already heard someone get getting back in touch with this late in the day but yes Vic the Xbox One is partially backwards compatible i.e. some games work others don't and if you already own the physical discs of, of Xbox 360 that are backwards compatible you just need to download a bit of stuff from Xbox Live to ready the one to play the game it's my understanding from the fam- a family member who has one I think right. a bit of googling will turn up a full list of complete games but you're, but also any game that is compatible is denoted by an Xbox One icon on xbox live all right I, cool. haven't, okay. I haven't got one but there you go mm. well i'm not going to get one even though i do like some of the old 360 games because i've only got one modern console that's the switch and i don't find enough time to play that even though i'd really enjoy playing it but it's nice to know because some of the xbox 360 games are really good weren't they yeah 360 yeah yeah it's nice uh, jason barber great show as ever the description of the baddies in rastan cracked me up winged knobheads Winged knobheads. Matt Neo MK. Evening, Vic and Sean. It's been a while. Great show as always. Vic, I hope your Walmart mini cabs are, are good conversions. The last two tiny cabs, Frogger and Gallagher, were a mixed bag. Frogger delivered and played well, but Gallagher is basically cack with a poor frame rate and overly large sprites. However, I recently picked up a Neo Geo mini and wanted to let our listeners know that it's a nice bit of kit, despite some opinions. Okay. If you can put it with a semi-loose, non-micro-switched stick and different buttons layout it's good news the screen is really detailed apparently it uses a linux based emulator to run the games and there's no lag Mm. good stereo sound from headphones and decent speakers and a nice mix of 40 games no neo drift out though sean you can stick to an hdmi cable and two game pads for two player metal slug on the tv which is nice although the filter options could be a bit better there's also talk of hacks being released soon to play even more games plus other emulators like final burn alpha overall if you like neo g games it's worth a look yeah some people must like it oh and you can run it off a standard power bank for hours of portability recommended that'd be really cool on a train or a plane wouldn't it playing with the power bank it would cool oh yeah thanks for that lewis Batcave, idiot fish and men with horses asses he spat his coffee out on the train when he heard that continuing my trend of looking like a moron in public cheers chaps <laughs> Robotech! Hi, Pencers. Another great podcast, even with Raston being a bit of an aft game. Good music, though. Robotron is an excellent pick. I will try and get time to get a score in. Will the Japanese speech lady be back? I really enjoyed that section. Yeah, Mysterious jo- Yeah, we'll have to ask her if she wants to come back. Oh, I'd love her to come back. I love her voice. Uh, Mr. 20 to 5, our friend Neil. Good evening, gents. I felt a mild pang of guilt listening to the last podcast when you had hardly any feedback to read out. Rest assured, though, I'm still listening avidly. Life just seems to get gotten busy of late. Anyway, the podcast is still the best out there, so some great new segments too. And of course, you are currently going to be reviewing one of my all-time favourite games ever, Robot Rom, a game that epitomises the arcade genre of being impossibly hard, yet also offering that just-one-more-go urge. Now, Neil speaks truth there. I was playing just before we did the podcast, and I kept having one more go, and I was almost late to the podcast. Yeah, I'll give it that. We're going to have a chat, aren't we, about this one? Oh, yes. Friendly shout-outs. I'm giving a shout-out to Tagster on the latest Arcade Perfect podcast for making trivia up 
about stuff and the origin of the equals sign in death adder like death equals adder is very funny and he did name check me he says always oh, he's, he's he thought it was a uh, funny like when i did the 1942 made up stuff so big shout out to tagster so basically really he's shouting out for you talking nonsense no no he just it, i just like it because he's like you've doing infected stuff like him I haven't do. you I'm not sure. You've infected the poor lad. He's talking nonsense on his podcast now, like you do. Aye, lad. Right, another shout out to an arcade pub regular, Tracy, right? She comes in, she's got one of these monthly passes. So it runs for, you buy it and it runs for quite a while. It runs for a month. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I suppose the clue's like in the name and that. Anyway, yeah. She's been playing Joust. I did did a stream on her a couple of months ago, well maybe a month and a half ago. Yeah, and she was getting two hundred thousand, and then she's come Ooh, back wow. and she's getting three hundred and four hundred and five hundred, and she comes in every weekend and plays for like eight hours a day on and off. Wow! And you know, if someone wants to play, then she moves out of the way. But and she's up up to a million now on on joust. Think, yeah, just over a million, and oh, that's well like well done, Tracy. That's amazing. And it's just the progression. She just like just practice, practice, practice keeps getting better, and that's really that's to be admired. That because I haven't got that much patience. That is, you know what and, she needs, don't you? Her own joust cab. I know we mentioned that. I think she's she's got. I think she's got it on PlayStation Two arcade classics or something with a oh, wow. with a, a, a stick, but it's not as good, is it? Well, I tell you what, you need to do for her. Is to get her. I'm not sure what the settings are, RK Club, is to get her on the tournament settings. You know, you, you, yeah. you just have five lives or whatever it is, and no extra lives, and just see how good she is at that. Because that's the one you can play, you know, for a serious record and get her getting a record. That'd be cool. Such a yeah, good it would score. Be good. Mm. I, yeah, she, I think she's going to keep going until she gets 10 million. Oh, my Lord. That is really good. I'm yeah. going to shout out the stupendous Tony Arcade Blogger Temple for joining us and, and driving us to the raid on uh, last Saturday. A lot of fun we had. Lovely talking to Tony and his wife Cheryl when we got back. Where, where was it, the raid? West. Very far west. Uh, I can't say uh, where, if you, but west. If you, had, if you had to name it, what would you call it? West. <laughs> okay, then. Uh... I'm also going to shout out to Jonathan Clayton, who is a collector of all things Nintendo. And he has got a Space Fever controller for me, because I've only got one left. And I'm going to be building up a new Space Fever cocktail cabinet. And I've only got one one set of controls for it. I need another one. He's sorted me out for that. Thank you very much. Nice. I will give both my shout outs a... Ping. Ping. Oh, I'll tell you what another one I need to shout out for is... For Phil Murray, for finishing off the the Nintendo Ninty Multi that he's done for Space Fever games. Cheers for that. That's great. The work he's doing is great, isn't it? Oh, it's so good. I really appreciate it. It's really, really cool. Arcade Master Quiz. Sean. Yes. In our notes, you've got, for the Mastermind Quiz... Victor goes easy on Sean. Sean pays Victor £5 cash for 24 hours advance warning of the questions. This bit is secret. That did not happen, Sean. You've just read it out. 
That bit did not happen. I have got my quiz in front of me here for you, and it is what I can only describe as fiendish this week. Do you want me to PayPal you some money now? And then we can edit this lot, and then you just tell me the questions. Yeah, let's do that. Right. How much do you want? Uh, I want you to get these questions right. Okay. Are you ready? No. Question one. What is on Jammer Pin 14 on the part side? Oh, how do I know that? <laughs> Everyone should know. know this. Player one start. Nowhere near. Video ground, you idiot. Question. I don't know that. Oh, it's obvious. Question two. What was the subtitle of the 2015 Robotron hack called? This came out a few years ago. Oh, yes. Well done, son. Number three. What game is Eagle a bootleg of? Eagle. Mooncrester. Oh, well done. I didn't think you'd get that. Yeah. Number four. What thickness router bit do you need to use for standard T-moulding? It's an imperial size. But, but you know I don't know this stuff, you This get. is uh, standard restoration. You should know this. I think I've even spoke about it before. What, is it in inches or what, or mils or what? I can take any, but it's usually taken in imperial. Three. What, three inches? <laughs> <laughs> it's a sixteenth of an inch. Oh, I don't know. So then, Sean, are you going to do your arcade restoration and put some three-inch T-molding on it? Yeah, look, look nice and be quite big, wouldn't it? <laughs> right. No time to waste. Number five. Okay. Name one of the chefs in Food Fight out of the four. Have to Pete. rush you. Peter Pete. Pete. No. I don't know. You could have chosen no idea. Oscar, Angelo, Jacques, or Zorba. <coughs> or, what I usually call one of them, Fat Hat. Number six. No, never got that. Number six. How exciting was Alpha Denchi's exciting soccer? Super. No, I've got here not very. Sorry. <coughs> Number seven. What was the original name for Major Havoc? <laughs> have I got that wrong? Yeah. Way wrong. That's a, that, that's a trick question, that. I'm having that one. Number seven, what was the original name for Major Havoc? Colonel Crap. Do you not know this? No. Alpha One. <laughs> oh, of course it is. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry, old. Sorry, old mate. Number eight, what kind of game was Cubert's Quest? Pinball. <laughs> yes, well done. Number nine, is Matt Mania a game about A, Welcome Matt's, B, people called Matthew, or C, carpet substitutes? <laughs> None of the above. What was it then? Wrestling, isn't it? Hey, you've actually got that correct. I've put neither. It's a wrestling game. Well done. Yeah. Let me give you a... Forget an almost impossible question, right? Last question, number 10. What kind of a game is Bally Midway's Shoot the Bull? Light gun game? No, it's a dark game. Oh. So you got one, two, 
I got five. Three, four out of ten. I'm going to have that exciting soccer one because that was a trick question. It wasn't a trick question. It's a factual question. If you've ever played it, you'd say, hmm, it's not very exciting. It's just subjective, that, though. I could have said, it's all right, soccer, or something it's, like it's that. It's really not. So, no. I will, accept, right. I will not accept it. Four out of ten. Right, well, I'm, I'm going to rescind that PayPal payment I've just sent you. Then. <laughs> you should hope so, too. Feature game review. Our featured game sounds a little bit like this. It is, of course, Robotron. By VidKids, Eugene Jarvis, and Larry DeMar, and released by Williams. It was released on the 1st of June, 1982. Uh, the hardware is based on 6809 CPU at 1 MHz, with a 6808 running just under 1 MHz for the sound, and a HC55516 DAC for the sound. This is the same hardware as other Williams classics, such as Defender, Sinistar, Joust, Blaster, Bubbles, and Lotto Fun. Oh, no sounds good. Is. The game is set in the year 1984 in a fictional world, Rotherham, where people who worked in Woolworths have turned into bloodthirsty robots and have turned against humans in a cybernetic pick-and-mix revolt. <laughs> the aim is to defeat endless ways of robots, rescue surviving humans from the LP and cassette section of Woolies, and earn as many points as possible on checkout. Sandra is in charge of the tills. Oh. Or... It's a fixed horizontal screened arena game which pits your character against a packed screen of different robots all intent on killing you to bits. Don't like that. It is a true twin stick shooter. Left stick to move your character around in eight directions. Right stick to shoot independently in eight directions. One player and two player start buttons. You don't use any buttons in the game at all. Just joysticks. You shoot everything that moves and shoot it even if it's a still as it will be deadly. Touch humans to send them to freedom and get bonus points. The humans are the only things you can touch without dying. Shoot all the robots on the screen, apart from the indestructible ones, to clear and immediately onto the next level. Now, the robots you're going against on here, the GRUNTS, uh, GRUNTS is an acronym for Ground Robot Unit Network Terminator or Grunty Randy Useless Knobhead Tossbox. <laughs> Now, this road robot is the basic robot. has no weapons apart from bumping into you and murdering you to death. We have no idea how, but you will be dead if you as much as brush past you on a summer's day. Hulks. Not that stroppy green muscle-band dumbass from the 70s, but an indestructible of a robot that seeks out humans to destroy them. Your fire just stops them in the path, and you can push them about a bit to divert them from killing the family of humans. We reckon this big bugger has been on the Stellar and won't leave it alone, Janice. <laughs> now, spheroids look like harmless red rings until millions, well, lots of, deadly crissy-crossy fire robots spew from it for its fiery circle firing. Well, they fire deadly crosses at you anyway. The spew-out baddies are called enforcers. Another robot is called a quark, and this is not the crappy cream cheese substitute, but mobile tank Robotron factories. When these things transform into tanks, they then start firing bouncing shells all over the screen. And we mean 
all over the screen if you don't snuff them out quick. Uh, the other one is brains, or broccoli heads, as I like to call them. They appear every fifth wave and are probably the cleverest and evil of all the Robotron enemies. These massive-headed maniacs will kill you on touch and can also chuck out deadly wiggly lines, or snacks, laser snacks. Or maybe they are just humans-seeking missiles. If this lot of evil wasn't bad enough, if they come into contact with the humans, they reprogram their brain boxes and turn them into crazy, deadly human things that kill you. Oh. If all those enemies, that all come in large numbers, uh, you can also get killed on static electrodes. These obviously have a billion volts running through them, so don't touch them. Even if they look like harmless shapes, you can't even discharge them with your high-voltage probe. So, Sean, mm. no throwing shapes at those. They'll kill you. Okay. Okay. Now... This game is basically just a, a, a brainless... Well, not a brainless, but a blaster. Blast everything. It's as simple as that. You don't really need to work out. Just kill everything you can. So there's tips and secrets and sort of playing hints of this game. I've been sort of trying to, to gain to get my game better. And it is getting a little bit better. But the main thing to do is get as many humans as possible. Touch as many humans. Because they start off a 1,000 points... And increase by a thousand until they get up to five thousand points each, and and then they stay at five thousand points for that level unless you get killed and it goes back to a thousand. But twenty five thousand points on the level we're working at nets you an extra life, and you're going to need as many lives as you can because you will lose lives on this game a lot. That's the idea of the game. Mm. Um, Wicko sticks are standard on a, a proper cabinet. And people don't often go on about having proper sticks in Robotron. They say, oh, you can't play Robotron without proper sticks. I suppose if you're going for really high scores, then you do need the joysticks, which are Wicko sticks, which are sort of rubber-grommeted leaf switch sticks. Yeah. And and the really good players, people like Ross J, I presume, will say, yes, you do need them. But I've been playing quite well on mine, I suppose, and getting better as well, which is the important thing. Do you do you agree with that, Sean? You reckon you need the rubber sticks? Possibly, but the level I'm playing at, I don't really. You Me know. neither. I'm not that good at it. Uh, also, I was reading that a Wicko 360 optical joysticks are also a recognised substitute. Now, I don't know anyone who's using these, but these joysticks were like a factory refit back in the day, and they haven't got physical switches to wear out. Uh, and they're rather like the Ultramark Ultra 360, I think. And I think they're Hall Effect joysticks. There's no physical switches to, to wear out. And I think that's what they used to replace back in the day with. Right, yeah. Having good diagonals is important on this game. You need to know where your, your firing is going to go, and it needs to be accurate. Uh, apparently, enforcers, which are the, the things that come out the red rings, a robot that fire the crosses at you, are safer the closer they are to you. They don't fire their weapons when they're close to you. They fire slower. They fire slower bullets. Yeah, this is what Alex was telling yeah. me. Uh, get humans whenever you can. Good for extra life points. Uh, stay away from the edges of the screen on certain levels. They cut off a dodge point. Stay away from mm. corners of the screens. They cut off two dodge points. That's fairly common sense, isn't it? Mm. Hanging near walls on quark levels can sometimes be good as the quark fire will stick to a wall if it hits it allowing you to stay out the way of it. On the brainwave, scoop up humans as much as you can, a seven will net you an extra life. Go around the screen taking the brains out. Now, protecting Mikey on the broccoli head level, if you protect Mikey and don't collect him, 
the broccoli heads don't transform the humans into ex-human death droids. But on later brain levels, apparently, it can be different. It can be difficult to work out because it's not just the little red child. They they use a different target human, not poor old Mikey. So if you can find out which human it is you've got to guard, they won't turn into it. But on the later levels, you don't know which one it is. I suppose there's... If we we should have asked the experts because there's there's a, there's depth to this game and people have been there playing really it for, is, yeah. yeah for like almost forty years now on this I think I think we're just touching the surface of what you can do with the game you know there's so much to it yeah it seems a simple uh, game but there's lots and lots of tactics to it when I was yeah. at Alex's meet a few weeks ago Greg Mott who is a very very good Robotron I think he's a three million point player. He was saying about protecting Mikey on that first level, but Alex was saying he's found out since then, on the later uh, fifth, every fifth level, it, it's a different target human sometimes. It's not just Mikey. But I have worked right. out, if you protect Mikey on the first level and don't collect him and don't let the others hit him and turn him into the monster, it, they won't turn in others, and it makes your life a bit easier. But I, I'm, I'm not that good at it. I just go around killing stuff as quickly as possible and collecting them and try and get as many mm. lives out of that level as I possibly can. So the graphics and sound on this game are standard Williams set, which are basically the sounds and visuals of early arcades, much as were the early Atari titles. Let's have a few Williams sounds. <laughs> Now, that really brings you back to the arcade, doesn't it, Sean? Yeah, they're gorgeous. They're great sounds. I mean, mean, even at Arcade Club, you can hear those sounds because they're nice and turned up nice and loud. And you sort of always know when you walk in an arcade, oh, that's a Defender, that's a Robotron, that's a Joust, whatever. You just know the sounds. And it's sort of like a weird synthesised sound. They must have produced those sounds in the early 80s with, with obviously old hardware and old pieces of kit to do it. And there's no other sound like it. I love them. Yeah, they are great. What kind of sounds do you remember from the arcade? The one that always hits me in the arcade as I was a kid, like a little kid, like in the sort of early 80s, I always used to hear Carnival, Sega's Carnival. It was always turned up to really obnoxious volume. And you can hear that sound a mile away. Yes, yeah, space areas are good. Welcome to the fantasy zone. Get ready. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Get ready. Walk into an arcade and you hear that. That was a good. There's loads, really. Yeah, and that, that whoop, whoop, whoop from Scramble. That one used to, I used to hear that one a lot as well. Yeah. And obviously the Pac-Man sounds. And the, the, some of the track and field sounds as well. On your mark, get set. Yeah, I know what you mean. Oh, there's loads, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love those sounds. Now... This cabinet was absolutely beautiful. You know, we sort of get a bit cab-starved because some of the games we, we talk about were, were like kit-only. Yeah. Or, you know, they, they were played in a very generic cab or whatever. Robotron is an obvious exception. There's many different Robotron cabs. So the Euro cab, the one we got over in, the, in Europe and especially here in the UK, is, is a sort of 
standard-ish shaped cabinet. It's got black sides and it's got red stenciled artwork on the side with 2084 down the side and the Williams logo. Yeah. And the Robotron actual artwork's quite nice. So the control panel is sort of like, um, it's like a sort of weird mechanical machine graphics on it with 2084 on the front. And that sort of like stripy coloured lines around the screen and the Robotron marquee and that very distinctive font. Yeah. And the American version was a different shaped cab for a start, and it was a grey-sided thing with 2084 down the side. The, the rest of the art is exactly the same. And the cabaret, which is the, the one that everyone seems to be seeking to get, and the very expensive cabinet, is quite a thin little machine with rounded sides on it, and it's got silver sides to it and 2084 down the side. It's a really nice-shaped cab with a 14-inch monitor, and it. it's really nice. I'd love one of those. The cocktail is quite a rare cab as well. It's a lovely looking thing. Alex had one of these cocktail cabinets, you know, years ago, and he got rid of it. I think Hooray Banana's got it still now. There was one Nerg we went to. I don't know if you come. There was a few years ago, and there was like a, a Williams tent. And oh, there wow. Was three or four cocktails. I think there was a, I don't know if there was a Joust, but there was a Defender. A couple of Robotrons, and it was in this tent inside the cool inside, inside the venue. It was really cool. The Joust one's really nice because it's you, you sit side by side and play it, and the control panels are sort of slightly angled away from each other. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, nice. Robot- yeah we've got a, we've got a Joust. The uh, the Williams cocktails are really nice. I do like the Williams cocktails. And this is another oddity as well that I didn't know about. Um, you know that the UK company Streets made some cabaret versions of Stargate and Defender, the really tiny, skinny cabs. Yeah. Well, I was I was asking Tony Temple, who, who is restoring a, tw- uh, a Robotron as we speak, if Streets made one, because he's got some Streets cabinets he's making as a Stargate himself, as well as his, his UK Robotron. And he said, yeah, Streets did do a cabinet. And it's sort of like, it, it looks very, very similar, the shape of the cabinet, to a... Uh, an Atari Euro cab like my Dig Dug and the 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 marquee screen the 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 plexiglass in it and the marquee are one piece rather like my Dig Dug Euro and the Kangaroo and the Fast Freddy that all came in those shapes and it looks very very similar in shape to the Atari Euro almost a copy of it I might put a picture of this on the website for people to see because I didn't know this existed until now and it is a really nice looking cab, but very, very rare, apparently. But there wasn't Ooh. a Streets Cabaret, which is unfortunate because it looked lovely in a Streets Cabaret. Yeah. What's this you put on the trivia? A trivia. Note to self check the stats screen in F2 before podcast, like an average game time of 1 minute 44. I have forgotten, but I think that probably was about, the game time was about two minutes. And you just think. Just think of the money the operators was getting. Just you know, they, you put a quarter in or ten p, and the, you're playing for like less than two minutes, and you're thinking, God, that was good. And you have another go. It's same with Defender. They must have been raking it in. Oh yeah, I bet yeah. Because I reckon that two, was it two and a half minutes was an average time for a yeah. game, and that was a good average time to earn money. But if someone like Russ J went on there, he'd be on there all day. Yeah, that's yeah. You get that with the experts, don't you? Yeah. Another another thing I thought is no continues. You got no option to continue, which is pretty pretty good, really. This game and seems to be very rapid, doesn't it? You sort of you play, you die, you're back in the game again. You play, you finish a level, you're back on another level, 
and that's how it works and it works really nicely there's no messing about if you want to practice this game you can just keep playing 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 and there's no downtime to it i really like that yeah he he jimmy said it's a great idea when you die and you can immediately restart just play a one button and you're back in the action there's yeah, no there's no messing there's no, about no cut there's no scenes. Trap mode yeah cut no. scene, nothing you're just straight back into it it's really cool the attract mode of this game shows you exactly what you want to see it's very very simple game there's not i know the game is is deep but there's nothing really much more to say about it apart from you go around blasting stuff there's a few little hints to doing things. You can go around the screen on certain levels to stay away from stuff. Other times you stay in the middle. And it's it's sort of more of a trial and work out how to play it, really. And, and it, it throws different robots in together and stuff. And it, it, it does get brutal very, very quickly. And, it, and it's it's not an unfair game, but you even the expert players lose lives a lot. But they're also gaining a lot of lives. Yeah, it throws lives at you, doesn't it? Yeah, they, yeah. you need it as well. The amount of stuff moving on the screen is amazing. And I reckon, because some of the characters ju- like jerky movement, I reckon they're jumping. They're not sprites. They're like they're, they're maybe, maybe moving like characters, like 8-pixel character blocks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's amazing how they did this back in 1982. Because there, there is, what, 50 things moving around on screen on some of the levels? And they don't yeah. seem to slow down at all insanely good programming yeah and all the bullets and everything that's why they call him eugenius yeah yeah uh he was noted uh eugene jarvis was noted as saying at the time he was just thinking about all the ways he could kill the player (laughs) you swine eugene you brilliant swine you now there's a site i found the robotron 2084 guidebook i've linked to this on our show notes and it's how to succeed at Robotron 2084. This is an excellent site. It's got gameplay help, and it also delves into the technical sign of rubbery Ron. Rubbery Ron. Let's do some scores. Um, Ross J didn't play on this because he's a 25 million point player. Because he would have been obviously number one. But we have got quite a lot of players, haven't we, Sean? Yeah, he did send me a message and say he'd just knocked up three million. And I said, well, put it on, mate. You know, well, He's won. He's basically won. But we knew he was going to because he is our UK Robotron player, isn't he? But he, he didn't. He, out of fairness, he, he wanted other people to play. And that's very nice of him. So Lovely maybe, chap, maybe, that, Ross. Lovely chap. Maybe next time he'll play. Or oh, talking of playing, guess how I was playing it, right? Mm-hmm. Four-way stick, sorry, eight-way stick on my cab. I've, I've tried thumbsticks on the Raspberry Pi. I just cannot, it's been that long since I've used them. I'm just terrible using thumbsticks now. Oh, really? So, Yeah, so four-way, uh, eight-way stick, sorry, four buttons, fire up, down, left, right, which I was, I was doing very bad at. So what I did, I also mapped the shooting. So if you're running right, you're automatically shooting left. If you're running up, you're shooting down kind of thing. So I what? mapped that I mapped that to one stick. Really? As, as well as using the four buttons. And I got about 190,000 doing it. I was quite enjoying it. Running oh, around the outside. Don't say that. You beat my score by doing it with the maddest controls possible. <laughs> idiot. Well, I've, beat that, I've beat that score at the club. In, in, on a break, Andy. I was on a break, honestly. Yeah, honest, Gov. I tried yeah. playing it on keyboard. You've got to use... Uh, S, D, E, F for left controls, and then I, J, K, L for shooting. And I got about 60,000, which I thought was amazing, just on a keyboard. So now, that, that your score? No, no, no. My score's better than that. 
I'll tell you when we get there. It's not it's not great though. I tried my hardest tonight before we did the podcast to try and beat it. And I get to about level eight or nine every single time and my scores average about hundred and forty thousand. Yeah. But I did get better than that on the first few plays, and we'll get to that later. But our first scorer is Ross 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 Ross. Sixty three nine seven five. And he was saying my player two joystick has gone walkabout. So I'm having to use a wireless Xbox controller. Not played much Robot ROM before, but my goodness, this game is everything I love about video games. Most certainly won't be my final 10p score for this game. Cheers, Ross Ross. Ooh. Rob Arcade 79 Okay, I'm still pretty much a newcomer in terms of honing my skills on this game. I'm now going to take a break and get my glasses before I have a seizure. <laughs> Living the pewtum up tournament, and I'm determined to improve if I don't go blind. As Clark, 66,025 points. Never played this till this week, and once I sussed a way to configure two sticks, I absolutely love it, but it gets too hard too quick. It does ramp up. Level five, I think, Sard, with the brains. Yeah, and, you, you do and, lose lives now, but you can grab a few as well. And then level eight, level seven or eight with the tanks. Mm, and then, then tanks I've, sod off. I, I think I've got to 11. I think that's me. I, wow. I, have, I did think I've said before I've got 400,000 in a freakishly good game years ago. Oh, wow, no wow. cool. Chris Moon, Crest the Bootleg, 67,700. Only had a chance for a quick go on a 19 in one. Getting the score this time after missing the last one. Apparently, a 19 in one starts all right, but then the emulation gets inaccurate to the point it gets too hard. Oh, really? Certain, yeah, there's certain errors that happen. Oh, it, I didn't know that. To, to the expert player, it's not worth playing. Once you get to a level, you can. There's things that go wrong with it, and oh. um, they are listed on the Williams Defender Facebook page somewhere. Our Neil Twenty to Five is actually building a scratch build Robotron at the moment, and everyone should go on his blog, which I've put on the the show notes to have a look what he's done. He's, he's done an amazing job of it, and he's using a nineteen and one in his. And what people who do that might have to do is get the FPGA hardware, the multi-Williams, because that is perfect emulation. Yeah. If I was going to do myself a Robotron cab, and I am sorely tempted to, I'd get a, one of those. But a 19 is a cheap solution just to start with. Here are J-Rock. Yeah. So the Sal Buglerissi, our Sal, 88,350. This is the game I show the whippersnappers that complain Call of Duty or whatever pit FPS is hard. I really love Robotron. Everything about it is perfect. The colours, the graphics and sound, even right down to the font. I just wish I was better at it. Ooh. Andrew Hannay, 9195, gets too hard, too quick, and takes quite a few goes to get used to the dual stick control. It's like trying to draw a circle with one hand while drawing a square with the other. Yeah, I suppose so. I love the idea of twin stick shooters. I really love them. Uh, Majok, 94,575. My Robotron score of 94,575 was made with a gamepad. So the goal now is to craft a real twin stick setup worthy of the great twin stick games out there. Absolutely. Mm. Stacy King, 97,225. It's been a while since I last work since I last worked at a score, but I've been busy playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey in the Division 2. So it's been a shock coming back to Rob- Robot Ron and where things escalate very quickly. So far, I've scored that score, but I'm seeing improvement each session. Mr. Stick, 98,800. It should be Mr. Twin Stick. I'm blaming the keyboard. Participating from work, damned headline deadlines. That's a good score for keyboard. 
It is, isn't it? Paul McCaskey, 104.825. I certainly get the appeal of this game now. I've never really played it properly before, but it's bonkers. It is that. Buller, 106,175. Never played Rubbertron, and I know why it's considered a classic. I'm absolutely S dot dot T at it, but I have a new favourite, and we'll be building a twin-stick panel for my Astro now. Need a Nintendo Arcade to teach me the ropes. Our Alex is good at this game. Mm. Thomas Wrath of Khan. Khan! We've already done it, haven't we? 110,350. Full disclaimer, I played, I played this emulated through Midway Arcade Classics 1 and PlayStation 2. I played it on the disgust settings, but will completely understand if the abnormal approach to emulation disqualifies me. No, I think that's all right. No, that's fine. That's what Tracy's using to play um, Joust on. She's getting really good at that. That's that's a, no, that's a, the arcade where she's doing the good scores. I don't know what she's doing at home. Oh, she must be practising, though. Hmm. Ah, Deadlock. Is this the one I've got to do in Irish? Yeah. 113,350. <laughs> got two games in just before my five-year-old kicked me off my cab. <laughs> Ten Brother of Bronze. Nice to see him the other week. 114,300. So much wrong with it. I don't know why it's considered a classic. 114,300 and a grump. Ooh. I'm just going to give him some... Sp- I'm just going to give him some silence now. Ooh. Let that be a lesson to you, Tin. Mark Watno Gravy, 119,025. Absolutely bobbins at Robotron. This is far and away my best score. Got sell here. Oh, okay. 122,675. Robotron 2084. Achieved at Arcade Club. I'm so poor at this that I can't even put my name in properly. Yeah, but yeah, you did. Button Mashing Fern, one two four five two five. Some people say that Ghosts and Goblins is hard, but this is way harder. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Scott Tiller, 129,475. Sorry I don't do the Twitter. Get too many feathers up my nose. So here's my Robotron score, hopefully in the nick of time. Just about. Paul Higgins, 129525. First proper session on my favourite arcade game. I'll be playing this loads until the deadline. Eugenius Jarvis at his best again. Michael Vortman, 131,375. So much fun. Graphics, sound, controls, progression, near perfect. This is arcade. Oh, Exploding Pinball Man, 132,575. A perfect game for the perfect amount of frustration. Bots! (laughs) Bots! Tactical Giles, 139,350. I feel like I'm slowly getting better, but not enough to actually be any good. Great game, though. Steve Tyke, one four five four hundred. Seems a great game with the classic Williams sounds, but fully reminded me why I never got into the likes of Call of Duty with these crap controllers. He's mm. playing with a, with a, you know, like an Xbox controller, something like that. Yeah. Ben Granville, one hundred forty nine thousand dead. Matt Neo MK, one four nine seven seven five. It may be a, a, a classic, but it's infuriating as hell and leading to many swears. Difficult, difficult to be consistent for that lucky game. Nice eerie music. Uh, Jason Rayner, 155,800. A stone-cold classic that is crazy hard. A lot of fun and very addictive. Jason, Arcade Club Leeds. I'll see you there, mate. It's open soon. Cool. Anyway, ZX Michael, 163,600. I hadn't played Robotron until last year, and I love it. I got this score on an arcade cabinet. A cabinet. I'm struggling to get anywhere near that with a PS4 controller at home and not enjoying it the same, so that's me done. Me next. 
I got 174,350. And I couldn't beat it. I got that early, early doors, and my scores average about 130 to 160,000. I've got to get over that hump, then I think I can get to 200,000. Right. I think I had a lucky game, you know. More practice required for me. Yeah. 175525 from Bill Wellham. Robotron is quite possibly the perfect arcade game. I've played it for this I've played it for decades, but I'm still too blinking up. It's given me a migraine, he said. Uh Brian Haribo, 179,900, hitting my limit. Can't get past the level of the twenty eighty four block things. Ooh. Andrew Driver, one eight one nine fifty. Got my settings sorted. I needed to set the advanced button. And I got the best since last podcast, so I'll submit that. Not going to get much playtime, unfortunately. Uh, Chris Plus Plus is Chris, Chris Frederico. 220,475. Managed to reach wave 10. I'm sure I've scored higher on the arcade machine. This is the best I can do with a twin Logitech controller in Maine. Because the grunts skip from position to position rather than actually moving, it's very easy to climb with one when you're not focusing directly on your character. But you know it's a great game when you get so angry that you're actually cursing the programmer's name. And I'm sure that's exactly what Mr. Jarvis had in mind, that brilliant <laughs> <laughs> I got two hundred thirty-two thousand. That's on a proper cab. Nice. And I and I got it when I was f- fully awake, alert, relaxed. Unusual for you. Yeah, not 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 panicking because it, it. You know, everything crowds in on you, and if you don't panic, you shoot a way out of it. You skip around the edge of the screen. You go back into the. And I, I yeah, I was I actually. I changed my opinion of it over from the weeks. Actually, playing it on a proper cab, and I'm, I am going to keep playing it. But it was, it was something I've never played in the past a lot, and I, I just keep, you know, I have, I have like one game every six months, kind of thing. Shame on you. But it is a very good game, and I will keep on it. But I'm not going to put a lot of time. I just have a quick go every now and again. I think mm. Neil twenty to five on his home built cab. I hope. 237,800. Robot Ron, one of my all-time favourite games and one that epitomised the arcade mantra of just one more go. Addictive as hell and harder than heck. I love it, just utterly no time to play at the moment. Ian Cullen, you'll have to do this one in Scottish. Okay. 244,450. I don't think anything needs said about the greatness of this game. (laughs) Mark Bell, 258.575. It's been a wild 10p score, but the stars and moons have aligned for me to submit a score. I love Robotron and even got my highest score this submission. Sounds and visuals are amazing in this game. At Sydney Steve, 259,750. Always like Robotron, the sounds are, are iconic, and this is the first time I've spent some real time with it. Top game. I think you'll have to do this, this next one as well, Vic. Uh, Greg Mariatti. 313,625. A Stone Cold Twitch classic. I will always love this game, even though I stink at it. <laughs> he is Jimmy. Got 348,025 points. A real treat this week. Robot Ron is a Stone Cold classic. First podcast game of the year to give me a thumb blister. <laughs> uh, Mark Happy Dude, 436,450. Some good scores. Still loving the cast. Keep up the good work. 
Pixel Advocate Podcast 53325. Playing Robotron after Rastan is like a breath of clean mountain air after sitting all day in a taxi cab full of farts. <laughs> yeah. Swapped, swapped in my twin stick control panel with a Dominux 8. With dual Dominux 8s. Wish I had more time to work on this. What's that? They what must that? be a joystick. I'm not sure what a Dominux 8 is, actually. You are uh, Mrs. Sounds a bit rude. Oh. Tell us more about that Pixel Advocate podcast. Our Alex, Alex Nintendo Arcade, he's got better than when he had his cocktail cabinet. He was on, he was on about 400,000 then. He has now got 596,075. I've seen Alex play this and nearly pull the machine over. He gets so excited playing it. It's a lot of fun to watch, but it's such a cool score. Anything over 500,000, to me, is amazing. Mm, Charlie Farr, 611.375. He's never been a fan of this game, but it's starting to click a bit. Yeah, he's not ever it's really been into, quite the, a lot. into the Williams games. He's not really been into them. Mm. Rygar R, 1,007,600. I'm usually well behind the 10 pence curve. By the time I've had the chance to get a few games in, you've moved on to the next challenge. For Robotron, however, I had to make the extra effort, so I dutifully dusted off the old J-Rock PCB and stuck it in my jammer cab. I was languishing in the mid-400,000 for the past week, but on Saturday I managed to kick into gear with this, just over a million. Not my best, but I'm inspired to crack on to go for two million points. Might need to get some training in first, though. Cue Rocky montage. You really need to be warmed up well to do this. Right, in second place, Mike Orwell with 1,085,550. This definitely has to be the second greatest game of all time. Ooh. I asked him what his favourite was. You know what it was? Dig Dug. Uncle Pooh. Oh, well, obviously. Yeah. And top of the leaderboards again is Mr. Trollnads. Let's give him a... Resonant ping. One million... 95,900 points. Finally got my first ever Robot Ron Million at Arcade Club tonight. Well done. Such a good I, score. I did witness that. I witnessed one of them. Witnessed, he was playing very, very well. Nice. Ports and sequels. What ports and sequels was the Vic? Oh, there was tons of them. I mean, people copied this game a lot. The proper original ports and sequels were Smash TV, which is a game I really enjoy. We need to do that one day as well which sort of added on to this a little bit. And then Total Carnage, which I've not played too much of. I think that's a twin stick, and it's got a button as well. Yeah, we got that. Oh, right. Is it any good? Yeah. I haven't played it a lot. I'll mm. have to have a look. It's interesting, that one. Um, I've been told for a few people there was a game called Burks on the Commodore 16, which was a very good uh, copy of Robotron. Yeah, there was a series of them. Yeah, I there remember were... it being Burks 2, 3, and 4 on that lot. There was one called Baby Burks as well. Cool. Um, one game I used to play a lot of on the Atari 8-bit, and it's also on the Commodore 64, it's a game called Seamus. And it's sort of a Robotron game. There's lots of robots after you, and it's sort of a like Berserk, sort of co- like a cross between the two. That was a cool game. Yeah. The Atari 7800 version of Robotron is very, very good, but it was never released in the UK, and it won't work on PAL 7800s. Even the ROM won't work on, on a, um, a ROM cartridge, because I've tried it. It just will not work. So you need an American 7800 or play it on emulation. It's a really good version, though. Uh, Ed Laddin twin sticks are also good for this, which are made for the 7800. 
Right. The Atari 5200 had a version as well. Yeah, and don't forget Llamatron, Jeff Minter's version, which it used to, it was on the Amiga and it was perhaps the first ever shareware version, shareware game. I think it's quite famous for that. But oh. you, you could, if you ran around with a llama, it would just shoot in the direction you're running. If you held the fire button, the shoot, the direction of fire would stop. Right. So you, so you could run right, press the fire button so the fire button stays right, the fire direction stays right, and then run left. It's quite a clever, oh, okay. clever idea, which which inspired me to do my wacky control system on my, on my cab. I have heard of Llamatron, obviously, because I was a big Jeff Minter game fan when I was a kid, but I never played it. it yeah, I liked it. I mean, Robotron came out on many other things and lots of different versions and boots and copies of it. I think it came out on the Apple II and... It came out on most of the computers, you know. I think Atari had the rights to do the home versions as well, and it also it was a good version on the Lynx because the Lynx has got almost like two two D pads, and you could also you could turn the Lynx upside down or sort on its side to play games as well for vertical. So it's quite good with those different controllers. Mm. Now, what do you think about this game, Sean? Tell me. Right, I think I've written here sublime, beautiful, brilliant. Sounds are the best out there. Graphics are psychedelic and ahead of their time. The game is all about immediacy, which I love. You know, it's just straight in the action. Amazing programming to have so many things on the screen without much. I think there's a tiny bit of slowdown to have heard later on. So, why have I never gelled with it? I don't know. I'm not sure. I do like twin sticks, and I am sort of getting on with it more. It doesn't draw me back to it. It never has done, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna carry on with it a bit because I just had that moment in arcade club where it just clicked and I was like in the flow and I was not panicking. That's the thing with this game, not panic. You know, like just sort of try and find an exit as they crowd in on you and then sort of work it work out from there. Yeah. Yeah. So definite thumbs up from me. I know it's amazing, but it's never been one that I've played a lot. I don't. I know what you mean because some games that I I know are really really popular and they're technically brilliant and you know everyone lo- you know loves them and everyone's always going on about them. They're always remaking it or asking it to be remade. And for me, it's certain games. It's like Outrun. I I know how popular it is, but it's never been popular with me. I've never really gotten into it, and I do try, and I still just can't get into it. I don't know what you mean, but for me playing this one properly and playing it more often and playing it on actual people's cabs, like when we played at Alex's place, it is one of those games that's nice to play on a proper stand-up cab rather than just emulating it with a computer. Because you can't yeah. really do it that well because you need the twin sticks. That's why I made, well, one of the reasons I made the twin stick panel for my pony, as well as other games, which are you know, games that I want to play that I've never played before, like Lost Tomb. I've never played it. So... Getting into this has got me liking it even more. It was one of those games I sort of used to play a little bit now and again. I knew what it was. Like Defender. I've always played Defender, but I've always been put off of Defender because it's so difficult. This game I don't think is as difficult as Defender because you can get a little bit further and you can get better at it. Or I can anyway. But with Defender, five levels, I'm done. I can't get any further than that. I know people can just keep playing it for millions and millions of points. I just cannot fathom how they do that but this game i think i could get better at and if i can get to two hundred thousand points i'll be really happy 
and I'll still keep playing it. But this is the kind of game I like to play in a cabinet, especially standing up. So I am sort of got in my mind about having a little cabaret stand-up because a cabaret Robotron is that I think I think the nicest way to play it. It'd be lovely having a proper one with proper Wicko sticks in it as well, or some kind of leaf sticks with rubber grommets. Yeah. But I really like it, and I really like the follow-up Smash TV, which we will do in the future. Now that I've got my twin stick set up, and hopefully other people can play with twin stick kind of setups, we will do that in the future as one of these challenges. But I echo everything everyone said, with the good points especially, you know, it's very simple. It's very, very Williams, very Williams stylized with sound and graphics. And just the way Eugene Jarvis went about it, the thing he said about, you know, trying to find ways of killing the player, which is devious, but it's also very, very good play mechanics. So, you know, all these yeah. different robots are all out to get you all the time. It sort of makes you feel, you know, you're sort of really on your own there in front of all these robots and there's loads of them like Berserk is really everything's against you and everything you can touch or everything will fire at you and everything's out to get you all the way of time and you just got to keep going and sort of try and keep cool and the control method is brilliant because you can be running one way and shooting the other way to you know, clear things out and shoot all around you and try and find your way through things I really really enjoyed it and I really like it and it's such a simple game just shoot everything it's that simple. Shoot yeah. everything and just keep going. And the way the game, I think it was designed to just get you on edge and get your 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 brain going and get you in that sort of hyperventilating kind of way <laughs> is is brilliant. And I think the idea of not having any stoppages to the game and don't let you it doesn't let you pause for a second. You're in the action quick screen change you're in it again you're dead you're back to life again you're playing again it's brilliant and i think yeah, it is it's, it really is a top top game because it's just so clever how how devious it is and how it's an addictive game as well it's it's a difficult game but you don't just get rage quit and go that's too difficult i'm not playing it again you'll keep playing it and keep coming back to it yeah there's there's not many games, or very few, where there's still a, a thriving community for them. Like Donkey Kong's obviously one, Defenders yeah. one, and this is one. There's still people now talking about this game. Like 36, I don't know, 37 years old or something. Yeah. There's very few games, like ancient arcade games, that still have a community, and this is one of them. And I don't think you could make this game any better by doing anything to it. You know, you know. Usually at the end of our discussion, we say, "Oh, you know, you could add a bomb in here, or you could, you know, start with a certain different level of difficulty and curves, or you could, you know, have a, have a bonus level or whatever." This game doesn't need anything. The only thing you could possibly expand on is different kind of robots later on. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. But there's enough robots to give you variety, and when they start throwing them in together, it, the difficulty just gets even harder. You could put dresses on them. I like a robot in a dress. Well, everyone likes a robot in a dress. Yeah, you're right. That. How about one in a nice hat? Four or hats. Four hats. Four robot hats, Johnson. Oh, God. You'd be, you'd be deadly. Yeah, and another thing I like about this is when they were 
when they were developing the game, apparently, one of the stories that Eugene Jarvis always tells is they nailed two Atari joysticks to a plank when they were playing it. I could just yeah. imagine how ghetto that would be in, in the Williams offices or wherever they did it. That'd be cool. Uh. Nice. That's about all we can say about Robotron, apart from keep playing it, keep improving your scores, and get them on the Arcade Psychic app. Okay, next one. Next show's game. And Sean, what game have you chosen for us? I've written here, Sean picks a blinder. He's an absolute unit in awe at the size of that lad. Do you know what that is? I don't really know what you're talking about, but you are an (laughs) idiot. (laughs) It's, It's a stupid meme that my son says. Absolute unit. Anyway, the game is Act Fancer. A-C-T hyphen Fancer. F-A-N-C-E-R. It's a scroll. It's a run and gun scroller with, right. a, with a weird with a weird robot thing from Data East, nineteen eighty nine. The ROM is A-C-T F-A-N-C-R. Now I've I've not been able to get this running. I've got this. That's the the latest version of ROM. I've got the ROM previous to that running so i'm not sure it actually matters but i'm just going to try and get a, a working rom it right. might be my main my main setup anyway three lives difficulty normal extra lives it just says eight hundred thousand. okay so i think might, might just be one life i've not played it much but it looks good and it it seems good to me so i'll give it a go submit your score on twitter with hashtag 10p score that's one zero p s c o re or on facebook as a comment on our podcast post pitches please or in the uk vac thread or on arcade psychic but let me know yeah uh deadline for score submissions is 28th of may five o'clock in the evening uk time please players now i i'm not sure what this game is i've heard of it i know the name but i can't remember what it is it's got a, it's got a, a subtitle or something like Hyperdyne System Fighter or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I remember, I remember that. But I need to play it. Will I have to reprimand you, Sean, or is it a good game? I think it's good. Um, I, I was, I've tried about. I've got a list of thirty games still that I want to play. <laughs> okay. And this is one of them. I thought, yeah, let's try this. Okay, right. I look forward to playing it anyway, and. I look forward to podcasting again in two weeks' time, Sean. Thanks for talking to me, and thanks for listening, everyone. Goodbye. Yes, thank you, kids. Catch you next time. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 